Welcome to the podcast edition of Maximum Growth Live, the number one program for lawyers who want to grow their practices. Each week, our hosts, Seth Price and Jay Ruain, tackle the fundamental questions about how to grow the profit and profitability of your law firm. To watch the program live, submit your questions and hear the latest episode. Tune in every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern on Facebook for our live show. Maximum Growth Live is a production of Maximum Lawyer Media. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Tuesday Show. I am Jay Ruane, founder of FirmFlex, social media marketing for lawyers, as well as Ruane Attorneys here in Connecticut. And with me, to my side, to my right, left, I, don't, I can't tell which way it is on the screen. Uh, I just know if I point this way, I get to you, Seth. It's our good friend, Seth Price, founder of Blue Shark, founder of Price Benowitz. You know, Blue Shark, phenomenal SEO firm, and if you haven't, watched last week's Tuesday show where they really just beat me up on uh, the new site that I launched. Go back in time, watch the show live. Seth, how are you doing this week? Doing great. A lot of good stuff going on and uh, really excited to have this uh, longer Tuesday opportunity to sort of just talk ideas out with you. Yeah, absolutely. I had a phenomenal weekend. You know, it's interesting. Uh, It's something that I want to talk about a little. I actually got out of the house, uh, got to see one of my favorite comedians of all time in a sort of a backyard setting. Uh, There was, I think there was maybe 50 people there. Um, It was, it was awesome. So it was nice to get out of the house, have some semblance of normalcy. But the other thing I did this weekend, Seth, is something that has come up a lot in the forums that we're in. And I binge watched a show. And the show that I binge watched, I, I texted you about it. I think Saturday afternoon, and I said, oh, "Okay, you got to get in on this too." And it's a show called Undercover Billionaire, and I don't know about you, but I think it's a load of hooey. Uh, it, it's it, it's BS, man. And I know people love it, but I gotta say, you know, thumbs down for me. What what was your what was your initial take on Undercover Billionaire? Well, look, look it's reality TV. You need to put the fact that reality TV is not. reality it's staged it's produced it is something that happens not in the natural environment so if you go in thinking that this is somebody who showed up really with nothing in their life and a hundred dollars and a truck and a phone yeah you're going to be disappointed but what i think it demonstrated is many of the things that you and I struggle with and everybody else out there struggles with running a business day to day. It's the grit that it takes to get that off the ground. It's the coordination with other people. It's finding talent. It's motivating that talent. So to me, I get it's reality TV. I understand and respect the issues. But to me, I love the fact that it shows that process, even a staged environment. Yeah, but you know what? Here's my position on it. Okay, let's talk about how the show starts. It starts with him committing a crime, right? He goes onto private property, and he takes, and he's looking for tires, and he's selling these tires. Okay, look, I'm going to tell you, I was a public defender in the late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, I, I, I represented guys who did exactly what he did, and they didn't get to start a business. They got golden, uh, they got sent with silver handcuffs uh, to the jail. Uh, maybe it was the color of their skin that made a difference. May, you know, I, I don't know, but you know that that first and foremost that that ticks me off that you can just steal something and start a business and not expect any repercussions. And I yeah, think, they, but I see it differently. I see that most history is written by the victors, 
And if you look at Uber and Lyft and how they started, they started by essentially sending people out in their private cars to pick up fares and with no insurance, right? The, 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 okay. If you drove your, your car around and pick up commercial passengers, your insurance is null and void. These are like missiles driving all over you know, cities. There was an awful uh, New Year's Eve tragedy in San Francisco, and all of a sudden people are like, oh my God, what are we going to, you know, th- this is completely illegal. New York, a medallion was going for, high, for beyond seven figures. And these guys just came and said, you know what? We don't need a medallion. We're going to do it ourselves to the point where it got critical mass. So did he did he take a shortcut to get that first little bit done? Yes. And is there a risk? But my point is, it's not that far off of what we go through as entrepreneurs getting that first foot in the door. Okay. So I, I still have a problem with the fact that he funds his business by by. St- theft because if i tried that you tried that nine times out of ten uh you know we'd get locked up and you'd have a lot of problems but let's let's talk about something else that i think really needs to be a a factor in the conversation it's the fact that he's got this documentary crew following him around and people want their 15 minutes of fame and that's going to get people to do things for you that you otherwise that they otherwise wouldn't do so how can we trust that anyone is going to help somebody uh you know i mean the, the 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 local you know, business development center rolled out the red carpet. They videotaped the meeting. That they love that free publicity because that's what they're looking for to, to to promote their business development center. You know, all these guys. I mean, you know, oh, I'll make you t-shirts, yeah, because I'm going to get a lot of you know value in me being out there and people seeing my business. So you know, in in that respect, I mean, you've got this crew following people around. It's not making it real. To you know, if I went out to, if I went out to, point, Jay, it's 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 reality TV, and that is the elephant in the room. The elephant in the room is that there is a documentary film crew following him, okay. and that changes everything. We both know that. Well, right? absolutely, and 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 you know me, I've got some friends who've been on reality TV programs. Like I got Kenny, who's an MTV guy. You know, I've got uh, I've got my friend Chuck, who was on, who was one of the finalists, right, in the first season of The Bachelorette. You know, and and. I know what they went through. I can remember going out to dinner with him right before the uh, the finale, before the show had even aired. And he came into New York City. We had to go out to White Plains to to a Dave and Buster's because he couldn't be seen in public. You know that situation. I get the whole reality thing, but I I think at this point, you know, especially when you're trying to build a business, you know, it's it you know the reality thing. It's it, you know on relationships, it's one thing, but when you're trying to build a business, people are not going to open their doors for you. I mean, we're talking. Comp- Competitors, people are saying, "I want to get into your space. I want to compete in your space." Tell me how you do your business. I mean, come on. Those guys are thinking, "Hey, I might get thirty seconds of a commercial." I I bet you, if somebody moved into, uh, if if somebody Jay moved into Connecticut and said, "Hey, I'm thinking about starting a law firm," you wouldn't say piss off. You'd invite them in. You'd have coffee with them, just like that lady in the uh, coffee house did. Well, no, I, I would I would absolutely do that. Said I would absolutely do that if they said I'm thinking about starting a law firm. But if he says to me, I'm thinking about starting a criminal defense DUI law firm, you know, in your city, I'd be like, yeah, good luck. I'm going to bury you. And I've actually said that to people who've been like, well, you know what? I, I'm thinking about getting into your space. Great, I'm going to crush you, and I'm not going to help you. I mean, this I'm fighting for my life here. You know, and this is even pre-COVID. I, you know, I've had people. You know, people that uh, that. 
have come to me and said, you know, I'm really interested in getting into pardons and expungements. I've watched you at a couple of hearings. What can you tell me about it? I'm going to say, absolutely nothing. And if you get into my space, prepare for an arms race. You know, look, I, I have taken a slightly different approach and I feel that like you come down again, documentary crew doesn't hurt, but you sit down, you'll talk to anybody. I know you. I think you're being a little bit harsh there. I agree that the film crew is a game changer. It takes it from reality to reality TV. No question. But at the same time, each of those meetings, they weren't giving away state secrets. They were talking to them. Some lady who better coffee house. It was a passion play. That's not a high independent coffee houses are not generally high margin games. People are there for because they believe in their mission. And I think similarly with the brews, you know, um, look at there's a ton of stuff that's made up. Will you sell your beer at our place? If you pay me money, I'll give you whatever beer you want. There was there's a bunch of hokiness. I get it. But at the end of the day, he put people together. I've seen it. I did real estate deals uh, back in the day. And you'd have to, you know, granted there was an economic component, but. Essentially, he was basically saying to people in a place with not a lot of opportunity, here's the opportunity to be part of something. Do you want in? Almost like equity. Right. And that, again, we don't see the sausage making. We don't know if there's an appearance fee for people. There's a lot of stuff that goes on below the radar that gets people involved, right? But the fact that he was, you were able to see that, and I thought one of the great moments there was when he brought the different chefs in to, to interview them. And they ended up with three in different roles, which was very cool to see how he did it. But it was also interesting to see how they circled back to somebody who had a terrible interview, who ended up being the lady who's still there a year later running the damn restaurant. Right. So to me, I feel like you there were so many lessons learned there if you could detach from the fact that it couldn't happen without the – it was a game that was played and it wasn't reality, but it, it gave the ability and the idea that you're saying that I agree with you, the idea that this shows the American dream is still alive, put that aside. That's an easy talking point that's sort of good for the trailer. But the fact that you get to see how what a business owner goes through, the grind, even with all that help, there is still a grind involved getting people to do stuff and watching what went on at that live event at the uh, barbecue fest, the fact that you're getting to see the people, the emotions getting high, things not going right, that's our world. And it's rare that you see that on TV. Well, it's definitely rare. And, 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 I will, and I will give you that. But I think one of the things that's missing from the conversation really is the fact, well, there's two things that I think needs, that I need to vent about, because I, I think it's, it's probably what is forming my basis of opinion. Number one, He's got zero other responsibilities at the time he's got. He's got basically this 90-day window, and he's got no wife there, no kids there, no bills to pay, right? Like, he doesn't have a pre-existing credit card debt. He doesn't have other responsibilities. So it's basically he's starting from zero, not starting from negative. And that's not what most people who launch a business have, right? That's number right, one. Health insurance. That was yeah, health, oh, yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, my, my deductible, I am a... I have a successful law practice, right? And I have a successful uh, social media marketing agency. I have a high deductible health plan for my family. You know, I got to spend thousands before, uh, you know, I can get a, what he got uh, for $250. Um, and the other thing, too, is that he came to this with years of business knowledge. 
years of business knowledge that a lot of people starting a business don't have. I really think this show is like this ultra conservative propaganda piece that, you know, the American dream isn't dead. Anybody can do this with a hundred dollars and heart. And, and so we can blame the people who can't do it because they were not able to do it. This guy basically, even though he started at 14 with nothing, he's got an MBA in the streets, right? So he's got the, you know, he knows hiring and firing. He's, he's a special he, guy. It's what you're saying is, and I agree that like random guy can't necessarily do what he did. Fair enough. And look, clearly, even if you didn't have camera crews there, this is a guy who figured out a way to make a lot of freaking money. That's not nothing. So at some level, and we see this, look, there's a guy sitting in the White House right now. If you can get people to do things, you can manipulate a lot. And so Yes, there was a camera crew there and it was an exercise. It's an exercise. 90 days. Absurd. Right. Going through these. Stuff, I mean, some of them are legal, how does he get a bank loan? Not. How does he get a bank loan with no identity? Uh, you right, right there. Right there. Exercise. It could be hard money. No, no. But, Jay, I'll give you that. that I, look, I believe me. I was sitting there skeptical as well. And I don't disagree. I was yelling when he got the bank loan with no collateral on no time. But the truth is they're hard money lenders at 20, you know, with with 15 uh, points uh, that will that will lend you the money. That isn't so far fetched. You know, having a car, buying a car on the side of the road, putting it through a car wash and selling it for 12 X. That seems a little extreme to me. But there, again, it's the exercise that you're looking for opportunities. Is it that he just stumbled upon these and didn't have a producer go and check 12 car lots before they went so they could show you three and get them? I get it. Like any of those house buying shows, you know, likely the person already bought the house and they're going back and they show you two others to make it look like it's dramatic. I get it. They're adding drama. But each and every one of those lessons, I've been there. I've flipped houses. I've had people freak out because of this and that. We, you know, paying people or they're going to leave. Those are people say they're going to come and they don't come. All of those uh, finding stuff, you know, shockingly, you're buying a house without ripping the floors out. And there's stuff underneath the wall, you know, behind the walls or under the floor. Like that is reality. That thinking you're going to make 40000 on a house flip and you make twenty. You know, those yeah, that, I mean, that was one of the few realistic things that that I that I saw that like he didn't make what he thought he was going to make. So like that and cash buyer that closed in three days for seventy five thousand that in a market where the market was eighty or eighty five. Again, I, the the cameras added a speed that couldn't have happened otherwise. If you showed up in Erie and spent a year meeting people and befriending them and having and bu- bu- building relationships, much of that could have happened. And I genuinely believe those camera clues. It made that process much, much faster. But if you're in Erie and the businesses you're running are at low margin or underwater and a guy comes through who walks and, and, and chews gum and looks like he's going to put something together and give you a piece of it, that's not so absurd. It might not happen in that compressed time frame. But each of those lessons I thought were extremely valuable. Okay, so I understand that there's some value, right, to understanding the, the the business messages that he's putting out there. And one of the things that I think is truly valuable that I that I actually got from this, right, and it's something that we're actually going to work on this week in our firm, is the concept of a pivot. And it's one of the things that he did successfully, right? He's presented with uh, a challenge. And I'll let you go on with the pivot in a second. But let's remember it's reality TV and that pivot was probably scripted and never actually happened. But we, yes, the pivot is very important. But I, I okay. 
Yeah, yeah, but okay. So here's the interesting thing, right? I think pivot and the ability to pivot is what differentiates a successful business owner or successful law firm owner versus somebody else. Because what we can do as entrepreneurial lawyers is see a problem and say, okay, how do I solve the problem? And not just say, I've hit a brick wall and stop. You know, and, and I find that even, you know, having to coach my own lawyers, coach my staff, they run into problems where they say, okay, nothing more can be done. And I say, well, have you thought about it this way? You know, pivoting, I think, is is, is the biggest skill set that we can develop as business owners. Two things. Number one, I sponsor a comedy festival that went offline as a result of COVID. They pivoted. They said, we can't do anything indoors. Let's throw backyard shows. And they're getting phenomenal artists coming up from New York City, and they're doing these sets that are just mind-blowing. I mean, I saw I, I saw um, John Mulaney uh, just basically get up there and start riffing, saying, I have no set material. I'm just going to talk about stuff and see what makes you guys laugh. And then he's recording it so he can turn it into something. That's, that's amazing that I'm getting to see this. And I can only see it because this company, this club, comedy club has pivoted, right? Other things, Barstool Sports. I don't know if you ever watch it, but Dave Portnoy does the pizza review. He's got the One Slice app. He's done, he goes all over the country saying, you know, this is good pizza, this is bad pizza. He pivoted hard, and now he's doing frozen pizza reviews, which is phenomenal. He stayed in his lane, but he found a way to, to, to actually keep giving the content out there. And so what I really want people to talk about is what is your pivot, right? What, you know, you know, as a business owner, as a law firm owner, coronavirus, COVID, whatever you want to call it, has challenged things. So what is going to be your pivot? And I want to ask you, what is Price Benowitz doing to pivot to be able to service their customers more? I mean, you know, t- t- let's talk a little bit about that. I can tell you what I'm doing, but I'm curious what you guys are doing. Well, look, being that we both came out of the criminal defense world, that that has been obviously, I believe, the hardest hit of any of the legal verticals to date. And so there's been a lot of how do you make sure that you are cash flow positive? How do you make sure you have the right amount of staff that, you know, it's been less of a pivot. I tried, frankly, to move some of our criminal people into supporting trust in the state's immigration and eh, mixed results because oh. it was not. You know, it, you have to sort of burn the ships or it doesn't happen. And I didn't because it was like, oh, I'll go back when things are good. And they never bought in. So it, 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 I think that dovetails, I think, with one of the lessons that were there, the pivot as well as sort of the human resource pivot where you're deciding what talent goes where. When you met that pitmaster who came in, it was larger than life, who clearly could run the show and they could see, hey, this is the front man but he doesn't have the cooking chops to get done what we need done. To me, it, it's analogous to the pivot. The pivot is, hey, I'm going this way, I'm taking the business that way, but I think the micro, the human resource or the micro pivot is taking people and realizing when that person you have in the COVID period where everything is on is online, I have taken people to manage that might not have managed as well in the pre-COVID period where they have to be physically in person, but that through Zoom and other online media, they've done a phenomenal job and sort of realizing what skill sets are needed where and when. 
Yeah, you know, the really the the one takeaway, I guess, uh, or the, the the second part of the takeaway, which I think you just talked about, is is having the right people in the right seats. And I think that's one of the things that you know, if if I got anything out of this show, it was basically this. It was number one, be prepared to pivot, but figure out a pivot that still works within your mindset. He was going in doing the brewery. He was still in, you know, the pivot to to barbecue and beer is still within that framework you know he didn't say okay you know what i'm going to start a paper company he said okay i got an idea let me tweak it a little to make it work and i think that was a successful pivot uh it was you know it was a pivot from you know from zero degrees to five degrees maybe instead of zero degrees to 15 or for to, to 30 and i think that's the smart play in a situation like this you know and we saw it early on right in covid you saw hey i'm a divorce lawyer now I'm a trust and estates lawyer. That's a huge pivot. And, you know, when things change, all of a sudden you've got these cases sitting around that no one really likes doing and you kind of get stuck with them. That that could be a problem. But the, 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 huge, the biggest takeaway out of all this thing for me was right people in the right seats. When you find the right person, uh, even if you can't support them 100%, maybe you put them in the seat uh, and then you build more around them. Uh, what do you think about that? No, no, I, I, absolutely. If, and I think that the interest, like, I don't, this was one of those things that I, I believe may have actually been reality, despite all of the artificial elements of, rea- of reality TV, is seeing that the right people in the right seats, then when tested, may or may not be that person. That the, you know, you have to see there's the interview. And we talk a lot about this. I think it's worth more talk in, in future episodes. It's the person who interviews well versus the person who performs well and that when you're looking at it and not and and understanding when there is a time to make that that pivot change i thought that was one of the more interesting sort of like life lessons from this that did not appear to be scripted that you had somebody who couldn't take the heat of running something but that they were able to, you know, and, and that you saw somebody's limit. And I feel like very often one of the things I struggle with as a business owner is understanding where somebody's limit is that they can't go beyond. We've had people take over management of a group and then, it, you know, as it scales, it starts to sort of it crumbles too strong a word, but it, it comes starts coming apart. And the truth is it takes somebody else who could take that larger scaled group that not when it's not two or three people. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. It's sort of like riding a wave, right? You're surfing and you know, the wave gets bigger and you got to stay on top of it. Right. And so that wave keeps getting bigger and you keep going up and up and up and up. Uh, you got it. But if you get caught inside the wave, you're going to wipe out. And that's, and that's one of the takeaways I think people need to do is that you have to recognize that you need to put more stuff underneath you and make sure you got the right support underneath you to be able to execute well. Um, but overall, I really, I still, to this day, and, and, and I, my, my, verdict is two thumbs down i'm, I'm yeah, gonna well, say I, it I, to me you know i i enjoyed it i got to share it with my kids and that to me was uh, billy tarasco was a great sort of uh, great idea billy the idea that we were able to show a glimpse forget about whether it could happen or in reality forget about it. there's a conservative agenda trying to show you the american dream still alive what i loved is i could give my kids a glimpse of to what we go through on a daily basis and those different issues and trials and tribulations that are there for any entrepreneur yeah see now let's let's correspond let's take a little point counterpoint on this because you know i i thought this this show right um but i love the profit 
you know, like I love the show The Prophet because you see Marcus Lemonis come in. He infuses a business that has the bones, the structure. Maybe the people are great. Maybe the people aren't great, but the business is good. And he develops something from that. I think from business lessons, you get a lot more out of his show than you would get out of this. And I, I really think it's conservative propaganda. I really do. I think it was I think it was put out there to make people who've built something of themselves say, "See, I can do it. This guy did it with $100. Everybody should be able to do it. We shouldn't we we should look down on the people who can't." And look, and like most things, there are talking points that people have where you look at people. We see them in in in, in our industries where they say they say one thing and you have to be able to say, "You know what? It almost reminds me of Book of Mormon." Do you remember the end of Book of Mormon where uh, you know, it becomes clear that they were not, it was, they, all the things that they had made up in the, the religion were not true. And the, the people in the, the tribe, which I guess by today's standards, we couldn't really even have the show fresh. It would, it would be up, people would be up in arms. But the idea that they're like, no, we get, it's an allegory. We, we get that. And that if you want to be in any religion, there are things you have to take a leap of faith. To me, this was, will you take a leap of faith in order to enjoy the ride? I don't like the fact that they keep coming back to, oh, this shows anybody could do it. It was, it was a broken, uh, you know, a tired talking point. If you can eliminate that and just see this as a business allegory, to me, it was, it was a, an enjoyable ride. All right. So here's where we stand. Seth liked it. I didn't like it. I want to know what you thought about it. I want you to leave your comments down below. Let me know what your thoughts are. If you've seen the show Undercover Billionaire, if you haven't seen it, take a couple of hours. You know, it's available on demand. Look, I'm going to tell you, I think overall, there's a couple of good points. I'm not going to say there are no good points in it. So you can definitely learn something. It's entertainment. It's, you know, it's 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 definitely an entertaining show. What you find out if you watch the, uh, the, the, the beginning of season two, that one episode that they did, and I don't know if you saw that, was that the health, okay. you know, that type of thing. I don't want to give too much away, but that really sort of said, well, you know, he was I, I was impressed that he was able to do what he did given the, the challenges that he faced at that time. So I, I won't give any more away, but it's very, very worth seeing. Uh, the few hours that you have to invest, I will definitely do that. But what we have now uh, is our friend Ryan. And if you watched it last week, you got to see Ryan's review of 50, uh, 50 Cent's book. Uh, and Ryan's been doing some great stuff. He's, you know, he's sending me Slack messages. He's excited about all the different books that he's reading. So right now, Seth, we're going to bring in Ryan we're going to do his segment called uh, Just Book It with Ryan McKean. Uh, and then when we come back, we'll wrap up the show. And uh, we won't go too long this week, so uh, it'll be good. So stay tuned for a few short breaks, some messages from our sponsors. And when we come back, we'll have Ryan McKean with his segment, Just Book It. You're listening to Maximum Growth Live from Maximum Lawyer Media. We'll be right back after this short break. Hey, it's Becca here. I'm sure you've heard Jim and Tyson mention the Guild on the Maximum Lawyer podcast, but you might still be wondering, what exactly is the Guild? It's this perfect mix of a community, group coaching, and a mastermind. Inside, you'll gain support, tap into a network of connections, and gain access to weekly events and trainings. In case you missed it, September is the last month to lock in at our lowest member price before the increase on October 1st. So head to MaximumLawyer.com and click on the Guild page to join us. 
Do you want to get into social media marketing? Unsure of where to begin? The FirmFlex DIY plan was created for small firm and solo lawyers who want to start social media marketing for their firm but can't commit to the large budgets many agencies charge. In just five minutes a day, with the help of the FirmFlex coaches, you get daily ideas, weekly themes, hashtags, and stock images you can use to post on social media and market your firm. With a private and vibrant Facebook group you can always turn to, the FirmFlex DIY plan gives you the ultimate control over your marketing. By using the FirmFlex DIY program, as well as our weekly coaching and industry-leading hacks, you can set your social media up for success, all for around $3 a day. Try it today at GetFirmFlex.com DIY. In this world today, if you want to grow your business, you want to grow your firm, you want to take on more cases and make a bigger impact, you have to have a digital blueprint. Statistically, throughout the time that we've been working with Blue Shark Digital, our law firm, the Atlanta Divorce Law Group, grew over 1,400%. Seth and his team have years of experience in this area. Blue Shark is truly a part of the firm, so I don't consider Blue Shark any different than the employees in my office. I know I can trust their, their input and their advice because they truly care about the people that they work with and just want to see you succeed. Hi, it's Ryan McKean here, and for today's episode of Book It, I'm going to be reviewing one of the best business books that I've read in the past five years, and it's one that really doesn't get discussed a lot in the Maximum Lawyer Forum or in other business forums, and that book is actually by a former lawyer, uh, Susan Cain, and the book is called Quiet. Quiet deals with the power of introversion in life and in work and in business and i've got to tell you if you're not harnessing the power of introverts in your office and putting them in positions to succeed you are losing and susan kane's book has just so many powerful insights um, i mean i found myself um, one of the insights was i'm an extrovert and extroverts prefer group workouts and Realizing that and signing up for group classes really motivated me to exercise because it gave me energy. So one of the very first principles that Susan Cain talks about is the difference between introverts and extroverts. And introverts, uh, you know, are commonly associated as being shy, but that's not the case. Really what it is, is introverts prefer less stimulating environments. And the reason is uh, that they get drained from being in environments that are overstimulating. So a casino, a concert, these kinds of events are overstimulating and that exhausts them. For somebody who's extroverted, that gives them energy and they seek those kinds of opportunities and thrills to energize them. So it's not a question of shyness or niceness. Introverts can be very social. Introverts can be outgoing on their own terms. So here's my three takeaways uh you know from uh quiet the first is to recognize the power of introverts in your organization and in your life introverts are inherently sensitive and i don't just mean emotional i mean they are sensitive to what is going on and that's really really important 
extroverts like me, we like to make decisions fast. Uh, we're willing to make decisions with limited information. Introverts really are excellent at understanding a problem, working to get to the bottom of it, and spending the time that's necessary with it. Um, and they often have insights that will complement um, a, a team that may be that may have extroverts on it. Um, so really getting that diversity is very important in your organization. And really, I think one of the important things that you can do is take a Myers-Briggs test. Know on your team who is introverted and who is extroverted because you're going to have to uh, create different work environments, which is really my second point. Um, extroverts work well in noisy, disruptive uh, environments that uh, you know often um, involve a lot of interaction. Well, introverts, uh, it's the complete opposite. Introverts like quiet. Introverts like written communication. Um, introverts like time to prepare uh, their thoughts, organize their thoughts, um, and. Um, you really want to be careful with the level of noise in your office. So, I mean, one of the things that we did to recognize our introverts was we bought noise-canceling headphones because we knew that the investment in the noise-canceling headphones was going to boost productivity as introverts could drown out a lot of the background noise and focus on their work. And we were right. One of the best investments that we made for productivity was noise-canceling headphones across uh, the board for uh, our team. Also, we are planning our retreat, um, and introverts um, you know, may find it overwhelming to come up with ideas on the fly. So again, we give an, an agenda. We allow for written ideas before um, the retreat. So we're getting those ideas and having them communicated in a way that feels comfortable to them. So what you really want to do in point three is, is put introverts in a place to succeed. So give them their quiet time, give them their quiet space, respect that their, um, respect what it is that, that their life experience is, and consider using tools like Slack, considering giving them um, blocked work times where they are uninterrupted, where they're not taking calls. And you'll be amazed at the productivity of introverts. So in workplace and in management and in life, you know, the real takeaway is there's the introvert extrovert dynamic. It plays out in a, in a very big way and you need to be aware of it and you really need to harness the power and gifts of the introverts on your team as introverts make up a significant portion of the population. Well, yet another phenomenal segment, another great book review by Ryan McKean. Seth, I don't know about you, but uh, it's, he's actually making my life easier because now I don't have to read the books, right? You know, it's funny. I've looked at some of those online uh book condensers. And I like this much better. Uh, I'm trying to find because, you know, there are so many books and I, w nothing bothers me more about a business book is when you read the whole thing, and you realize there are three talking points. And it just like allegory wise, they're just going to keep rubbing. So the fact that we have a guy here uh, like Ryan is just awesome. 
Yeah, it's it's been really great. So with that, we're going to end the show today. We want to remind you to turn in on Thursday. Tune in on Thursday, 3 p.m. Eastern for our Thursday show. Of course, Maximum Growth Live. Uh, we have another great show lined up for you. Uh, and in the meantime, please give us some comments down below. Let us know what books you think Ryan should be reviewing. Also, let us know your thoughts about Undercover Billionaire. And you can always follow us on any of the podcasting platforms and also download our episodes on the Maximum Lawyer podcast. But for myself, Jay Ruane, this guy over here, Seth Price, thank you so much for being with us, and we'll see you again next time on another edition of Maximum Growth Live. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Maximum Growth Live. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast for the latest episodes and tune in live on Facebook every Thursday for our live show. For more information, visit Maximum Growth Live on Facebook or MaximumLawyer.com and be sure to share us with your friends.